really is exciting to me. Well, today we're going to be in Psalm 34, verse 4, to kick off. Uh, don't be afraid. Number three, here's what Psalms 34, verse 4, which is our key verse for this entire series, says. David said, I sought the Lord, and he heard me. I sought the Lord, not Oprah or, or Dr. Phil or this therapy or that therapy. I went to the Lord. I asked the Lord, and here's what the Lord did. He heard me, and he delivered me from some of my fears. He delivered me from all of my fears. What a great promise right there. That is our promise from God. Today we're going to continue in the series, Don't Be Afraid. You know, it's interesting to me that we all have different fears. We are all frightened by different things. Some of you fought in combat, yet you're not about to visit a dentist's office. You're, you're afraid of the dentist, all right? Aren't you? Yeah? You're not going to admit to that. Others of you ride motorcycles or horses or you jump out of airplanes, all of which can be very dangerous. But if someone asked you to speak in front of 15 people, it would kill you. Huh? Some of you are men who make tremendous business decisions every single day of your life. But when things go creak in the dark, you send your wife to investigate. Now let me tell you, first service, they were laughing a lot harder than you guys are. So loosen up a little bit, man. You know, we do have different kinds of fears. And today we're going to look at the second greatest fear that most Americans face, and that is the fear of failure. In America, we idolize success. Failure is almost the unpardonable sin. Nobody wants to fail, do we? In fact, some people would do most anything to win even lower their morals or standards or whatever. And you know what? That creates a whole lot of stress on people just to succeed, not to fail. In 1994, only ha after half of a season, Magic Johnson said he wasn't going to coach the Lakers anymore because he couldn't stand the stress of losing. <laughs> and I'm back in 1994, they were bad. Yeah, most of us, on some level, can identify with that. The fear of failure has so many different faces to it. The fear of failure can cause you to be indecisive. You just can't make decisions because you're afraid you might make the wrong decision. The fear of failure can make you become a workaholic. You never slow down, you never rest, you never relax because you're afraid of failing. The fear of failure can make you a perfectionist. I mean, you're just never satisfied because things are just not right. And on and on and on we could go. The fear of failure. Most of you are here today and, man, you, you know, you, you look and you think, my whole life has been a failure. And you fear almost every day. There are little things that we fear and then... There are great big things we fear failing in. We're going to talk about most of them today. If this is your fear, the Bible tells us that there are four antidotes to the fear of failure. I'd love to give them to you, but I'm just afraid to go on. 
Here we go. Number one, you need to remember everybody fails. Have you ever made a mistake? Oh, boy. Welcome to the human race. Yeah? If you admit to making mistakes, it just validates your humanity and the fact that you're alive listening to me and breathing today. James 3, 2 says, we all stumble in many ways. I hear people say, well, what if I fail? And I want to say back to them, what do you mean if? <laughs> yeah? The facts of life are these. We have failed many, many, many times in life. In fact, you're probably failing right now in some area of your life. And if you continue to live past today, you're going to fail some more. You're going to fail. So welcome to the human race. We all stumble in many ways. In fact, Ecclesiastes 7.20 out of the Good News Translation says, There is no one on earth who does what is right all the time and never makes a mistake. Nobody is perfect. There was only one who was, and they crucified him. You know, the closest you're ever going to get to perfection is when you're filling out a job application. That, that, that's, that's the perfect you right there, man. Nobody is perfect. We all make mistakes. We all stumble. Even the superstars. The average NBA player only makes 50% of their shots. That means that they're missing every other shot and they're the best there is. Ty Cobb is the player with the best career batting average in the MLB. Over his entire career, he batted 366. That means over six out of every ten times he walked up to bat, he walked back to the dugout without having gotten on base. And he was the best there was. Even superstars strike out. Everybody fails. Failure is going to be a part of the rest of your life. It's just part of being human. And you're saying, oh me, man, I wish I would have went down the street to the other church. <laughs> this is pretty depressing, man. Well, you know, it's just, it's the truth. It is the truth. Everybody fails. In fact, the Bible puts it like this. All have sinned and fall short. You know, we can't even perform perfectly, whether it's on the athletic field or behind a piano or wherever, much less can we perform perfect in life because everybody's sinned. All of us. We're in the same group. I heard about a preacher who was preaching on this verse. He said, all have sinned. Then he said, thank God that He forgives our falling shorts. <laughs> Come on, man. But it's true. We all have falling shorts or short fallings, however you want to put it. We do. You know, when you let go of your image of being perfect, the fear of failure will let go of its grip on you. You just, you got to realize everybody's failed. I have failed. I'm failing. I'm going to fail. That is part of being human. I am not God. And everybody fails. Number two, realize that. Failing is not fatal. 
Sometimes it's vastly overrated. We blow it all out of proportion. Failing is not the end of the world. It, it, it's probably not going to kill you. A few years ago, I took up cowboy action shooting. You know, you go out with cowboy guns, with real bullets, you're shooting targets, you're going against the timer and your misses. If you miss a shot, it adds five seconds to your total time. And it may sound easy, but let me tell you, it's not easy. And I would get dressed up and I'd leave the house. And here, here's the genetics at the Harmon household. I would go out to these competitions and finally my family got to saying to me, well, if you don't win first place, don't even come home. I mean, can you imagine the stress and the pressure that is found in my home? They, my family expects that you're a if you're a Harmon, you're a winner. Just don't come home if you don't have a blue ribbon. Wow. Well, I failed more times than I've succeeded. I did go home and I did find love. I had to go in the backyard. The dogs gave it to me, but... You know what I found? The, the fear of failure is more damaging than failure. Proverbs 24, 16, No matter how often a righteous man falls, he always gets up again. Even good guys stumble. Even the righteous. Even the people who are trying to do what is right. Sometimes they make mistakes. Sometimes they blow it. Sometimes they stub their toe. Even good guys make mistakes. I've discovered that successful people are not people who never fail. They are just people who get back up again and they keep on going. Successful people just don't know how to quit. They keep on going. Paul's a good example of this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul said, We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned. We are struck down, but we are not destroyed. So God says, hey, I'm going to take care of you. You do not need to be afraid of failure. And Paul says, you know what? I can take my lumps like everybody else, get up and keep on going. Great people are simply ordinary people who have an extraordinary amount of determination. They just keep on going. They realize that you're never a failure until you quit. You're never a failure until you give up. So how do you reduce the fear of failure? Maybe it's that we redefine failure. What, what is failure? Well, failure is not failing to reach your goal. Failure is not setting a goal. Failure is not fulfilling all your dreams. Failure is not having a dream. Failure is not falling down. Failure is refusing to get back up again. I've read numerous definitions of failure this past week, and one of the best that i found is a very simple one. The best definition of failure is refusing to try. That's the greatest failure of all, refusing to try. Paul says, I get knocked down, but you know what? I'm not knocked out. I just get up and keep going. There have been some famous failures in history. 
Did you know that George Washington lost two-thirds of all the battles he fought? But he won the war, and he became president. Napoleon graduated 42nd in a class of 43. <laughs> There's hope. <laughs> I mean, he conquered Europe. In 21 years, Babe Ruth hit 714 home runs, but he struck out 1,330 times. That means he struck out nearly twice as often as he hit a home run, but he kept on swinging. Here's a guy you may not know. John Creasy is the famous novelist. He got 753 rejection slips before he published his first book. He went on to publish over 560 books. But how would you like to be rejected that many times? I mean, for most of us, once or twice is enough. <laughs> it's all we can take. The point is this. You just got to keep going on. If at first you don't succeed, well, I don't hear that often anymore, Steve. I used to hear it all the time, but of course nowadays we just give trophies to all the kids. <laughs> oh, don't get me going. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. You're never a failure until you give up. You need to recognize that everybody fails and you need to realize it's not fatal. Because number three, there are some benefits. You need to recognize those benefits. We usually think of failure as being a negative experience, but wise people that the Bible talks about in the book of Proverbs just knew how to take advantage of their failure. They learn from it. They make the most of it. They use failure as an education. Really, one of the primary tools that God uses in your life to make you what He wants you to be is failure. Now, what possible good is failure in your life, you ask? Well, there are three ways God uses failure to make you a better person. Number one, God uses failure to educate me. Mistakes are simply learning experiences. And there are some things we only learn through failure. Some of us, because of that, are highly educated. <laughs> For some, that's really the only way we can learn. Those of us hard-headed. I told the first service about when I was growing up as, as a little kid in Midland, Texas, the, the house that we lived in was pretty small, and uh, there was something in the floorway of the hallway that, that I, as I grew older, uh, thought was the uh, the dungeon that led to hell. It really was. It was a floor furnace. Anybody in here know what a floor furnace is? Okay, some of you grew up with them. The rest of you, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Underneath your house was this furnace. It was the gateway to hell. It really was. When you turned it on, this flame came up from this furnace under the floor and there was a, there was a metal grate over it on your floor and the, the heat rose up out of this furnace from hell and it would heat your house. 
Now, my parents told my sister and I numerous times, don't step or stand on the floor furnace. One day I learned my lesson. My little feet, and they were just little, I was just a little kid, and my little feet, they had red marks going down them and across them. Turned into blisters. Blue tiny feet. Because I stepped on the poor furnace of hell as it was blowing that hot air. Guess what? I learned my lesson. Never again did I step on that floor. Now, sometimes I would push my sister on it, but never. <laughs> Proverbs 28, 13 out of the Living Bible says, A man who refuses to admit his mistakes can never be successful. Notice that mistakes and successful are both in this verse. They go together. How do you learn to become a success? By learning what doesn't work and then not doing it anymore. You, you all know the definition of insanity, don't you? It's when you just keep doing the same old thing over and over and over again, even though it's not working. So you learn by your mistakes. God uses failure to educate me. Number two, God uses failure to motivate me. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 30 out of the Good News Translation says, Sometimes it takes a painful situation to make us change our ways. And a lot of times we change not when we see the light, but when we feel the heat. When you fail, maybe God's just trying to get your attention and say to you, Hey, I'm, I don't want you here anymore. I want you somewhere. I want to change the direction of your life. I don't want you going that way anymore. I want you to go this way. There's a great story in the Old Testament about this. There's a guy by the name of Elijah. Uh, the, the entire region was experiencing a, a, a famine. and There had been no rain. There was no food to eat, no water to drink. And so God took Elijah down to a brook where there was a little bit of water. And every day, God would send these ravens in to bring food to Elijah. I mean, the dude had it made. Everything was great. But then one day, the little brook dried up. And Elijah got mad. And he protested, God, why did you dry up the brook? You realize sometimes that happens in our life? The brook dries up. The resources aren't there anymore. And God said, Elijah, it's real simple. I don't want you here anymore. I want you down the road. But as long as the brook was there, Elijah was just going to hang out. I mean, it was a, it was a gravy life. <laughs> Ravens bringing him food, water to drink. It was, it was comfortable to him. But God said, not anymore. I want you to move on. So God lights a fire under us. Did you realize that sometimes it takes a very painful situation in our life to get us to move to where God wants us to be? Number three, God uses failure to cultivate me. That is to build my character. Romans 5, 3 and 4 out of the Living Bible says, We can rejoice when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they are good for us. They develop strength of character. 
failure has a way of softening our hearts. Failure has a way to help us grow up and become mature. It makes us sensitive to others. Failure will cause you to be less judgmental and help you to be a little more sympathetic to people around you who are hurting. Can you imagine how difficult it would be to live with you if all you had was this unbroken string of success? You would become a pompous jerk. If you never had any failures, you would be unlivable. That simply means we couldn't live with you. <laughs> Man. So God uses it to cultivate us and to build our character. But understand this. Failure does not automatically grow your character. Sometimes failure just makes some people bitter and mean and angry. Failure only builds your character when you respond to it correctly, when you learn from it, when you grow from it, when you say, you know what, here's something that didn't work. Let's try to change and find something that does work. But God can use it to make you a better person. And then, number four, the fourth antidote to the fear of failure. We should receive God's redeeming grace in our time of failure. Now, what I've talked about thus far are just failures that you have in life. You know, failing to shoot a, a perfect scenario at a cowboy shoot or failure to play a, a perfect piece on the piano or, or failure in your life when you make a commitment that you're not going to drink any sodas for a month. And then into the second day, you see yourself sipping a Dr. Pepper. Those kind of failures. I'm going to get a little deeper right now, though, and talk about spiritual and moral failures. I talk to people every single day about spiritual things, and some people tell me time and time again, God could never forgive me. There is no way God could forgive me for all of the bad things that I've done. There, there's just no way God could forgive all of the failures that I've had in my life. You know what? The, the truth of the matter is, we've all failed. Haven't, we've already established that, haven't we? We've all failed. And some, some of us have royally messed up our lives. And in messing up our lives, we mess up the lives of the people around us. And sometimes we get to thinking, there's no way, there is no way God could ever forgive me but you're wrong. You're wrong. There is something amazing about the redeeming grace of our God. I love the Bible because it always tells the truth. The Bible doesn't gloss over anything. When you read biographies of famous people, sometimes it only shows you their good side, but the Bible tells us the good, the bad, and the ugly. Huh? It's done that all through history with with some of the great men of faith who had failed in their own life. For example, it tells us how God saved the world because of one guy named Noah. And he did. But then after the flood, Noah blew it. He got drunk. 
did some other things I'm not going to talk about up here behind this plexiglass pulpit, but I mean, it's a bad story. God tells us about David, who was a man after his own heart. You know what? I read through the Old Testament and I come to David and I just love those stories. I, I think to myself, boy, if I could just be like that. I'd, I'd love to be a man after God's heart. I'd love to be a guy like David. But you know what? When you read on, you realize that David wasn't perfect. He messed up. He had an affair. Then he calls the murder of this lady's husband. The Bible tells us of Moses. Oh, he was a great man. He, he led the children of Israel through the Red Sea. But it also tells us that he killed the guy. And one time he got so mad that he threw down the Ten Commandments and they shattered. Another time he got so mad that he struck a rock instead of speaking to it and his anger kept him out of the promised land. Did you realize I, I just talked about the big three? And it's not Arnold, Jack, and, and anyway. It's the big three of the Old Testament. These are amazing men of faith. But you know what? The Bible tells us not only they're good, but also they're bad. And realize the fact that God uses just ordinary people. If God only used perfect people, what do you think would get done in this world? Zip. Nothing. What is so amazing about God's grace is that He forgives our failures. Do, do you get that, church? I'm, let me just talk to you individually. Do you understand that person? The person here today who has failed in life. The person here today who thinks that God could never forgive them because of all the bad things that you've done. You say, God can forgive. That's how amazing His grace is. He not only forgives our failures, but the other amazing thing about God's grace is that He gives us the power and the ability to start over again. That is awesome! You don't have to leave here today the same person that you were when you came. God gives you a, a life do-over. You know what a do-over is, don't you? You tee off on the, the first tee and you hit a bad shot and then your other three buddies do the same thing and you look around and say, mutually agreed do-over. <laughs> and you all get to hit over again. Well, God's going to give you a do-over today. He will forgive you. It's the amazing thing about His grace. It doesn't matter the failure you've had in your life. If you come to Him in genuine repentance. Now, listen to me. This is the key part. Genuine repentance. You know what? This, this grace of God is not just a license for you to go out and live any old way you want to live. It is not a license to sin. God's grace is an amazing thing. It is a gift from heaven. And to receive it, you have to be repentant. That means that you're not only sorry for your sins, but you're going to turn the other direction and walk away from them. And God's grace will give you the ability to do that today. Wow! To start over. Let, let me change gears as I end the sermon this morning. 
What have you always wanted to do, but were afraid to do it because you were afraid you were going to fail? Think about that. What today would you attempt for God if you knew you couldn't fail? Well, God wants to rid you of your fear of failure by just saying, you know what, I have failed, I am failing, I will fail, but sometimes God can even use my failures to make me a better person. And a fear of failure is not going to keep me from trying to do God's will. Jesus told the story one time about the fear of failure. There were some guys that this master divided up amongst them different talents. They got a different amount of talents. One ten, one five, one one. Two of them doubled their talents. They made some good investments. But the third guy did nothing. In fact, he went out and hid his. He dug a hole, he put it in a coffee can or some kind of can and buried it. The master came back and said, why did you do that? Why did you hide that talent I gave you? And here's what the guy said. I did it because I was afraid. I was afraid. So I hid my talent. I wonder if you're doing that. Are you letting the fear of failure keep you from being all God wants you to be? If so, my advice is, don't. Don't do that. You know, part of my responsibility as your pastor is to, to kick you out of your comfort zone. To light a fire under you. I try to do that and sometimes I get in trouble for it. I'm trying to do it today. You know? some, some, some of you need to be kicked out of your comfort zone. Emerson once said, a true friend is someone who forces you to do what you can do. And, and I stand up here week after week and I look out on all of this potential in you. I know the talent that's in this church. I know how God has blessed each one of you with so many possibilities of things that you can do from God. I know what God wants to do in your life. I know what God wants to do through this church. Yet some of us are afraid. We are afraid of failure. So you know what? We just don't do anything. My advice is go for it, man. Let's go for it. Understand that you can't fail with God on your side. So do it. Really, there's only one failure you need to fear. That's found in Hebrews 12, 15. Be careful that no one fails to receive the grace of God. Now that would make you a great failure. So don't be that. Receive God's grace. All things are possible to those who believe. Do you believe? Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd be with my friends who are here today. There is someone in this group that needs to receive your forgiveness, dear Lord. For spiritually they have failed in life. They, they are a sinner living in their sins and they need to be forgiven. I pray, dear Lord, that they would realize the grace that is found in the forgiveness of Jesus Christ today and they would come and receive that grace and that forgiveness. Dear Lord, for the Christian who is here today and, and they've, they've just had uh, 
some experiences in life that, that they realize they have failed in. Lord, I pray that they wouldn't stay there. They, they, they would get up, as the Apostle Paul said, and, and go on. And I pray, dear Lord, that, that those in that condition today would come and receive your grace, stand back up, and go out of here today knowing that all things are possible in you. Lord, there are some here today that just need to come and pray. And I ask, dear Lord, that they have the freedom in you to come and call on your name today. We love you, Lord, and we give you this time of invitation. May your will be